independent media is more important than ever. We don't have a corporate network behind us, and we also don't have big green foundation grants. So we really do need you, and we are actively calling in your direct support so that we can continue exploring many of these topics and perspectives, often sidelined by mainstream media. If you're enjoying our show, please make sure you're subscribed and join us on Patreon today, starting at a tip of just $3 at patreon.com slash green dreamer. Every little bit helps and really adds up. And that is the power in community. So thank you so much for however you're able to support our work. I don't know, it just clicked with me. I was like, this is so wrong. I love fashion, but now I hate it. If you're a content creator or entrepreneur in the sustainable fashion and lifestyle space, this is an episode for you. How can we maintain the courage to put ourselves out there, put our work out into the world, knowing that we'll get judged, that we'll get criticized, and at an extreme, even get hate from people who just disagree deeply with us or don't like us? How do we balance saying yes out of pure passion with saying no to not overcommit? That's just the tip of the iceberg of what you'll hear today. If you haven't already, make sure to hit subscribe because there are tons of inspiring conversations in store for you and I can't wait to share them with you. Also, if you want to receive the show's weekly highlights uh, every Sunday to help you, you know, kind of reset and feel empowered and activated before the new week starts, you can also head to greendreamer.com to sign up. And now to today's episode, let's dive in. Hey, it's Kamea Shane, and this is Green Dreamer, a podcast for creatives, visionaries, and entrepreneurs dreaming of a sustainable future. Thank you for bringing your light. If you haven't already, make sure to hit subscribe, and together, let's learn what it takes to thrive in every sense of the word. So our guest today, as I mentioned, is a pioneering sustainable fashion blogger and social media influencer who started the very well-known blog in the space called Sustainably Chic. So if you're in sustainable fashion and lifestyle, I'm sure you've probably seen her around. And if not, well, you got to go check her out on Instagram at Sustainably Chic. As a result of her diving all in, trusting her gut from the very start, she's built for herself a dream life that she didn't even know could be possible, really aligning her passion with her work, all the while helping to elevate eco-fashion and lifestyle brands along the way. And this passion of hers actually ignited about seven years ago when she was just finishing up college and dipping her toes into the world of organic and fair trade for the first time. So... In this conversation, she starts off by telling us how, with her pre-existing interest in fashion, it made perfect sense for her to just start combining these two worlds of eco and fashion. Green Dreamer, here is Natalie Kay of Sustainably Chic. So I was almost done with school, um, and I had been interested in doing something within fashion for many years before I went to college. Um, My mom sold sewing machines and fabrics. uh, So I was exposed to like the design part of it. And I really, really loved it. Uh, I just I didn't really know much about the industry. I was always in retail. And then I went to school and I still did retail and marketing and kind of got away from design and really looked at like the business side of things. And I think that was kind of where my calling was. Mm -hmm. So 
eventually you bridged your two worlds. You were learning a lot about sustainability and you had a background and interest in fashion. Yeah. And I mean, it all just clicked for me. Uh, I wish I started my blog sooner because <laughs> I <laughs> would just always talk about it and um, probably sound like a broken record all the time. But uh, it took me about three three years after you know, implementing more sustainable changes in my life, uh, to actually start sustainably chic and talk Mm -hmm. about it on a platform. Yeah. What were one of those first things you learned about sustainable fashion that just made you go like, okay, I need to do something about this. Well, I watched this like 20 minute documentary. I don't even remember the name of it. And this was, this was a while ago. Um, and it was about Sapan, I don't know mm-hmm. if I'm saying that right, that island um, that we use for uh, manufacturing that a lot of brands could put made in the USA or made in America or whatever. There was some loophole and they could use this island for it. And they just interviewed people that were on the island. And it was just, it was heartbreaking. Like I could not believe that these businesses, like, you know, the limited and all these other ones that we see at every single mall was using these people to create the clothes that we were wearing. Mm -hmm. And I just, you never heard about, I mean, I never heard about these things. So just from there, I was like, oh, that's so strange. And I started researching more about it and just finding all different companies that were using unethical labor. And it just, I don't know, it just clicked with me. I was like, this is so wrong. I love fashion, but now I hate it. (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. So at this point, you're learning more. What was it that led you to starting a blog? Well, I was working um, and I didn't have the job that I really wanted. Uh, it was still it was a great job and I was it was fun, but it wasn't promoting what I believed in. I was like, what am I supposed to do that to make myself feel like I'm a part of things and that I'm changing how things are being done? And I... I was like, well, I guess I could talk about it online. I don't know if anybody cares to listen, but (laughs) I'll try it. But I had an Etsy. I already had an Etsy for a while where I was using, like, it was so small. And I mean, it was, I was making sales and it was cute and fun and whatever. But I was using like recycled and uh, organic material. And it was just like a little way for me to practice what I was preaching. So you had dipped your toes into the digital world already a little back then. But how much did you know about blogging, social media, Instagram, best practices before you started? Oh, I knew nothing. (laughs) So you just got started. Yeah, I didn't know blogging could be a job either. I just kind of like I thought of the name. I bought a domain and I was like, okay, well, this will be fun. And uh, yeah, I just went from there and it's just, I feel like I've had to learn it all on my own because there weren't really many resources that were helping me. And when I started the Instagram, sustainable fashion as like a hashtag wasn't even like a hundred at the time. Yeah. I was going to say there weren't a lot of people talking about sustainable fashion in these spaces. So what gave you the courage to do something that wasn't really being done? Well, I mean, I saw an opportunity and I think that I've always been like a starter and I just thought that the conversation really needed to be had. And when I go onto these sites and I don't see anything or I go into just like blogs and or Instagram and I wasn't seeing anything, I just felt like that there was a need for it. 
And as somebody who studied business, fashion, marketing, and all that, like it was all about finding needs and like what can we fill in the market. So you saw a gap and it was time for you to align what you were doing with your work, expertise of, you know, when there's a need, somebody probably has to address that. Right. It just clicked for me that it just, I had to start it and I put everything into it. And there were a few other sites that were doing similar things. There were a few other bloggers as well, but Instagram was not being taken advantage of. Yeah, you were one of the first in that space. (laughs) So I think that's helped me a lot. (laughs) For sure. And so you started doing this on the side. How did you know when it was time to just go all in and full time with it? I wish I had done that sooner. Um, it was a couple of years ago. So I'd been blogging for a year and a half and things just became so busy that I basically had two full-time jobs and I was starting to become really unhappy because I was working all the time and it just felt like what I was doing, I was talking about sustainability, yet I wasn't sustaining myself through what I was talking about. Mm-hmm. So it was so unsustainable. And I'm like, what am I doing if I, I can't just, you know, promote all these great things and have nothing in return. I was like, that's not good business. I was like, I can't keep doing this or my site is going to go under. Mm-hmm. And so I just decided, am I going to, you know, work for somebody else? Or am I just going to dive all into sustainably chic and give it all I have and treat myself like a worker because I advocate for fair wages. Am I going to be valuing myself as a worker as well? That was a big decision to work for someone else or to dive head in full time with sustainably chic. What do you think it was that made you to make this decision? I've always thought that there was nothing else that I should be doing. Um, I never have had doubts about Sustainably Chic. Um, I mean, I've had my bad days and weeks with it. Of course. <laughs> but, I've, yeah, but I've always, I've always known that maybe, maybe it's not always going to be the same, but it's, it's exactly what I'm supposed to be doing. And speaking of things not always being beautiful behind the scenes, what has been like a major struggle you face? You know, it's been it's been really hard, especially this past year when now that I'm pregnant and about to have a kid, um, I'm being, being even more serious um, that some brands that are even that are big and consider themselves ethical still come to me wanting content, yet they don't want to treat me the same as the people making their clothing. And I don't see it as ethical or fair. So that's been probably my biggest struggle is like how to deal um, with those kinds of brands and keep valuing myself and not get discouraged and really show people that I am serious and that I am a worker and that I need to be treated just as fair as everybody else in the process. So, mm-hmm. Well, kind of looking back now, you've already been through a lot of these experiences of brands not really understanding how you work when they first ask for you to do something for them. What piece of guidance would you tell the you back when you first started getting these frustrations? Mm, good question. Well, um, first thing, I used to get very emotional about this. You know, I wouldn't really think about what I was going to say to somebody before 
I sent an email <laughs> and I think I sound, I came off as very emotional when somebody didn't want to take me seriously. So I think today I look back at that and I would have just told myself to be more calm and realize that not every brand is educated on how we function. Yeah, for sure. Well, the other challenge that I wanted to touch on is I feel like as people who just put our work out into the wide open public digital space, it's kind of natural for us to get people who disagree with us or criticize our work, which are, of course, totally welcome when they're constructive because that can be really helpful. But sometimes they're not very nice. Sometimes they come (laughs) in the form of like cyberbullying, which isn't helpful and can just really be hurtful because there's a human behind every screen. So what have you done to stay resilient and not get sucked into such negativity? Well, yeah, it's, it's rare that things are actually, uh, you know, constructive (laughs) when, Mm. when they do criticize you. I feel like I get a lot more of the negativity, um, and the bullying than anything else. But, um, gosh, you know, it's so inevitable. I, this, there's no escaping it when you put yourself online. Somebody's always going to disagree with you and somebody is always going to want to say something hurtful. Um, and I used to be, like what I was saying, how I used to be kind of emotional. Um, I, I used to take a lot of that to heart. And I think it took me a bit to kind of um, get a backbone. And now I don't welcome any of that. I'm pretty quick to dismiss any kind of hateful, unconstructive comments on in my space. And I think that's the best thing you can do is not indulge in that be like in their behavior, not write back, not get into it because I've gotten into things online that I mean, it took up my whole evening. And that's to me just absolutely ridiculous. Like, why am I spending time? you know, trying to defend myself to somebody who has zero respect for me. Yeah. So we have to take everything with a grain of salt and put a little bit of a distance between us and this public space. And it's great to have somewhere, and I'm going to be working on this um, soon, but somewhere on my site where the things that people are, you know, most interested um, in knowing about me and why I do things a certain way on my website. So I can just direct somebody be like, here's a link this is what I think. Mm-hmm. Again, being <laughs> like, upfront and addressing these questions. So Right. It's like, I am done telling you why I eat how I eat. <laughs> For sure. Other than being upfront and taking everything with a grain of salt, not being sucked into this negativity, what else is like a non-negotiable for you that you do to support your physical energy and health to be able to do what you do? That's something that has been you know, a little bit of my weakness is trying to find balance in my life. Um, and I, I used to kind of let work take over and just now today, I, I really want to have like differentiate between my personal life and my work life and Mm -hmm. have them very separate from each other for the most part. Um, and you know, just have, just really focus on balance and something that, you know, because I used to speak to you about this kind of stuff and, and in your book too, you talk about the, um, like positive psychology and all that. Mm -hmm. And so I've been for months, like reading more about that stuff and I absolutely love it. And, uh, just for my mental health, it's just 
what's best for me. I have to stay positive or I will lose it. (laughs) Yeah. It's really interesting because we exercise for a body and there's such a thing as just consciously practicing to think in a certain way or reframe our thoughts so that we can continue to stay motivated. Right. Exactly. So that is non-negotiable. I I have to have positive thoughts throughout the day. (laughs) For sure. And speaking of balance, you are in the business of contributing to sustainability with your work, and you now have a huge platform in the eco-lifestyle world to help leverage small brands and help them take off, especially in their early stages. How do you balance saying yes and giving as much as you can while also drawing the line and saying no at some point to not overcommit? Mm. You know, I, I have a, I'm a planner and I have things set out uh, and organized so that I don't go overboard. I used to take on a lot of like collaboration opportunities, um, <laughs> which to me, like I try to stay away from that word. Like my life is 80, 20, like 80 work, like real partnerships, 20 collaboration, mm-hmm. um, because sometimes it can just take over. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh, shoot, I didn't make any money <laughs> this month. <laughs> Wait, let's back up a second. How would you differentiate collaborations and partnerships in your world? To me, a partnership is something that, uh, well, within my work, uh, I partner with a brand so that it can help sustain the site. Okay, so a partnership is where there is financial support involved to help sustain your business. Right. And yeah, and then the collaboration, I think, is when I take a step back and I'm like, okay, well, I'm not getting paid, but what am I like? How else am I benefiting from this? Um, Like Thoughtfully Magazine, I think, uh, for example, because that was like my most recent one, none of us are paying each other to be in the magazine, but it's like, you know, I'm going to talk about the magazine and showcase, like show the magazine whenever I can and talk about, I mean, it's a great, one of my favorites. And, you know, then they have content in their magazine and, you know, it's just kind of, to me, that's, that's like true collaboration It's like, we're in it together. And so, you know, you've learned a lot, just diving in and learning from these experiences and, All of these things have led you to where you are right now. I mean, at this point, you've worked with, I think, more than 400 brands. Correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah, (laughs) That is a lot. And you've been featured in numerous magazines online and in print, which is just super inspiring to see you start from ground zero and still be a one-woman show today. And I'd love to learn what you're most proud of having accomplished. So I think what I'm most proud of is that I've, been able to build a platform that I never really knew could exist and that it's my job and it actually sustains me. And, you know, it's at first I I just had zero idea that I could have such a fun job. So for me, having such a great thing to wake up to every morning is probably my biggest accomplishment because it makes me so happy. What do you think was key to making all of this happen for yourself? Making this thing that you didn't even know could be possible happen? I think persistence and um, not for, I mean, it was something, you know, having having a goal in mind and, uh, you know, knowing that there wasn't, there wasn't a second choice for me. You know, I think whenever we have backups, <laughs> it kind of, 
you know, we don't really put our all into it. Uh, Mm -hmm. So I think that's really helped is that it's just, this has been exactly what I knew and needed to do. Well, if you had to start all over from scratch again today, what would you keep in mind that you feel like can help you grow more quickly? Uh, Engaging more. (laughs) Engaging more. And what would that look like? You know, I'm so focused on just creating the content, but then I don't really, I'm not as good at reaching out and communicating with my audience. And it's not because I don't want to, because I do want to do these things. It's just, I, at the end of the day, I'm exhausted. And the last thing I want to do is be on social media. And I'm also a very shy person in like, if you meet me, I am that person in the room that probably doesn't talk to many people. So mm-hmm. when I go into social media, I'm pretty similar in that regard. <laughs> well, it's always going to be a learning journey. So now that we know this, we'll work on engagement together. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you recently launched an exciting new project. What motivated you to do that? And what is it? So I really like to make things. And I mean, I'm not the most creative with my hands, but I do like to keep my hands busy. And, you know, there's only so much you can do with stuff online and photography and um, which is a huge, I mean, there's so much you can do, but there's not a lot I can do really with my hands. So I, um, I just wanted to do more of creating product like I used to. And I, I decided that there were a lot of things in my own life that I felt I didn't have or I couldn't find um, that was in my aesthetic. So I was like, you know what, I'll just take something that I use daily that I think needs to be more green and cuter. <laughs> That's the right <laughs> That's word. That's important. Um, yeah. And, and then I'll make it and sell it and see if anybody else is interested. In totally. It too. So again, it's seeing this need, you know, there's a gap in the market right. for things that are practical and sustainably made. Right. So I was like, okay, well, I have the word chic and sustainably chic, which is uh, French. And um, I'm, I'm Swiss. My family used to be French and my French isn't as great as it used to be. But I was like, I just want it to be a French name. So I named it Pratique Organique. So mm-hmm. it's like practical and organic. So it's things that are going to be natural and help lessen your waste in your home and your beauty routine. So mm. what's your vision for this project? Well, I was hoping to launch something every single month, like a new product, but um, my my pregnancy is not letting me do that. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. Baby steps. <laughs> I know, <laughs> literally. Um, so I, I'm taking it a little more slowly than I had thought, but um, I'm just hoping that, you know, I can fill a need within my own life and hopefully a lot of other people's lives. Um, with just products that are just super practical and things that, you know, that, that they would think, oh, that would be so easy for me to change and be excited about being more green. Yeah. So, of course, with your pregnancy, we have to take good care of ourselves first in order right. for us to best do our work. So that's something exactly. that's important. And it's OK to slow down and not always be meeting what you want to do for yourself. Right. And that's something that definitely pregnancy has 
changed me because before I would be like, oh man, I really got to do this. Like, why am I not doing this? And, but now I'm like, at the end of the day, I'm like, oh, I just want to, you know, eat chocolate and popcorn. I don't yeah, care. And that's okay. It's part of the work, taking care of yourself. Exactly. Which, yeah, those two things are not taking chocolate and popcorn. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is all super exciting. Where can we follow you online to stay updated on all of the exciting things you're doing? So, uh, of course, you can find me on Instagram, uh, Sustainably Chic. And I also have an Instagram for Pratique Organique as well. Um, and then my website is just uh, www.sustainably-chic.com. Before we go into Natalie's final five, I have a little request for you. If you're finding this episode and Green Dreamer podcast enjoyable, would you mind sharing this with two people that you think would also enjoy the show? That would really help the podcast out so much and I'd be so grateful. Thank you so much if you do. And if you get to share the show or your biggest takeaways on social media, make sure to use the hashtag Green Dreamer and tag me so I can see your posts and learn from you as well. And now to our final five and then my two key takeaways. Let's power through. What is one social media account or a publication that you follow that you feel like it's really uplifting? Uh, so I'm going to go back to Thoughtfully Magazine. Um, I really love it because I think it's very inclusive of all different uh, types of lifestyles and women from all over uh, that just want to live a more thoughtful life. It's very uplifting, and their Instagram is always super cute, so that helps mm. too. <laughs> awesome. And what do you tell yourself to stay inspired and motivated to keep going? So I'm I'm a very busy body. Um, I kind of take inspiration from you know just everything. Um, I we were talking about competition or we weren't talking about it. Like I'm a very competitive person. (laughs) You know, I'll see what people are doing online and it's, it's definitely friendly in my mind. I'm not like, Oh, I got to do better, but I'm like, Oh, that's so cool. Like I need to, you know, up my game a little bit, uh, and, you know, try this out or, you know, try to do it a little bit different. And because I really like look up to what they're doing. So Mm -hmm. for me, that's definitely inspirational is that, constant competitive side that I have. (laughs) What is one action that we can try out this week for our planet's health? One action, you know, is something I do within my own life, you know, every week or so I try to find something that uh, I use almost every single day and see if I can make it just a little bit more green or sustainable. Uh, So for example, like how I drink coffee every morning, Um, and in my, like in the beginning for me, it was, oh, well, how am I making my coffee? I should do a French press because there's no weight. Well, besides the coffee grounds, there's less waste. You can use that as scrub, body scrub. Uh, Yeah, that too. (laughs) I know. And that's one of my ideas I was going to make on the scrub. (laughs) Um, but, uh, yeah, so it's just, for me, it's just like taking something you do every single day and, you know changing it to just make it a little bit more sustainable and focusing on one thing a week. And so Mm -hmm. it'd be different for everybody, but that's what I do. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, what is, what makes you most hopeful for our planet right now? You know, I think what makes me most hopeful is 
the enthusiasm so many people have for living a more sustainable life. It's not necessarily um, like a one week thing. You know, we grow up and we had Earth Day and we were super excited about it like that one day. But then we didn't really change anything for the rest of the year. But now I feel like people are actually implementing changes and they're sticking with them and they're very enthusiastic about it and they're sharing it with others. So for me, I think that's definitely, you know, the most hopeful thing we have at the moment. Mm -hmm. And what final words of wisdom do you have for us as green dreamers? To once you start to implement sustainable changes and you start sharing it with people do it as positively as possible because we have to make it inviting and we don't want to deter uh, people from joining if they feel guilty because they're not doing exactly what you're doing. Um, So having that open mind and being inviting and inclusive and, you know, there's research that can back up so many different arguments within sustainability. So, you know, we just have to We just have to be open-minded and inclusive at all times. So if we want more people to participate in sustainability, it's just got to be more open. It's got to be more open, more inclusive, and more inviting. You know, no walls. Just break down all the walls and let everybody into the space. Green Dreamer, here are my two takeaways from this episode. Number one, even if our work were dedicated to sustainability, we still have to remember about personal sustainability. That is our mental, physical, and spiritual health, because it really starts with you being in your best health in order for you to bring about your best work in sustainability. So remember to check in with yourself on the regular, see how you're doing, make sure that you you are really sustaining yourself in all senses of the word. And number two, If no one's talking about something that you think is important to be talked about, don't be afraid to try initiating that conversation because it could just start with you. And there, that's a wrap. As always, if you have any feedback or takeaways to share with me, feel welcome to let me know on Instagram at Kamea Shane, K-A-M-E-A-C-H-A-Y-N-E. And finally, remember, now more than ever, our planet needs your light to thrive. So if you haven't yet, Hit subscribe and Green Dreamer, I will catch you later.